C.S. Lewis uh, has written many times on the topic of community, and I feel like just about as many times as I've preached on it, which every time uh, makes it a bit harder to try and come up with something new to say about it. <laughs> but his point in one of his books, The Four Loves, is about how one person can mean a great deal to a community. That the way we know each other grows when someone new is introduced to the community. That is, when someone comes in, the way we interact with them is wholly new than the way we interacted with each other before. So that there are sides of us that come alive, that are opened up by someone new in our community. To make a point of this, I, I remember there was a Bible study that I would lead back in St. Louis at the church there. And there was a person who was uh, in my Bible study. And he had uh, a different kind of sense of humor. He really liked dumb pastor jokes. And so I would try and put those in in my class in some way. And he would always laugh at that. But then he, he had to move away. He, he got a job somewhere else and moved away from St. Louis. And I kept trying to do the jokes, and you won't believe it. But nobody laughed at that. <laughs> and suddenly I, I had to stop telling those jokes. That side that people would know of me about those dumb pastor jokes went away, as well as the person who had been part of our community. It's pretty amazing how we can be when we interact with each other and how someone can pull something out of us that somebody else may not. See, it doesn't matter how long you've known somebody. And it doesn't matter how old you are. There are still parts of you that when you meet somebody new, comes alive. The hard part is, as a community, sometimes we have to say goodbye to people. And as many of us who were gathered together yesterday, we did just that. We didn't just say goodbye to her, but to that part of us that also interacted with her. As difficult as it is to think about that, the truth is, is there's still more people to be added to our community. That just as we say goodbye to some, there's always room to say hello to others. And for our parts of our lives that have not yet been awakened by somebody new, they have the chance to come alive in our interaction, in the community that we hold with others. The early church struggled with this just as much as we struggle with it today. We like to think that after Jesus ascended and as the church got going, that things were kind of hunky-dory, that they were okay and everybody got along because they had maybe knew Jesus personally. But the truth is, is that church struggled. It struggled with who was to be part of their community and who was to be part of their church. What was it that defined their communities? What was it that defined their churches? 
For some, it was the fact that you had to be Jewish. And in order to be a part of that congregation, you had to go through all of the former Jewish things in order to become an actual Christian, to be part of and baptized into Christ. We pick up the letter of Ephesians here today, in Ephesians 2, where Paul is addressing some of these concerns, where he's trying to find how to address to them that they, in fact, do not need to be hung up on this such question. That what it is that we find our community based on is solely outside of all of that, outside of ourselves, and founded in Christ. But the question comes to us today. How is it that we also, like the early church, build up walls against community? How is it that we, just like the early church, have struggled to find what it is to be a part of our community? I would like to say that we are exiting outside of the uh, political season, but it it doesn't seem to have gone away, no matter how hard we've tried. But I've seen it before, and I probably will see it again. Whereas part of the way that we have built walls is the politics of the civil realm. That those that are welcome in our midst must be this way or that politically. Maybe maybe the way we've built up walls, or maybe the way we become like that struggle in the early church, is trying to ask the question of, what does it mean to look like the perfect Christian? Does someone do the movements and the actions just right? Do they have the calisthenics of the hymnal down just perfectly? A question that we have seen arise within our larger church body and something that Pastor Marcus and I have talked about is the way we've struggled with it is asking the question of what does it mean to be a real, authentic Lutheran? Maybe a question you haven't thought about. But I've seen far too many people write blogs about it. It's funny. It's funny how none of those things are what Paul writes about when he tells them where their foundation and cornerstone is. He doesn't seem to have time for that notion. Rather, if we go back to our text that we find in Ephesians 2, he points out that we are no longer strangers and aliens, that is, people that are wandering, not knowing each other, or not finding a home somewhere, but rather, we are fellow citizens and saints, members of the household of God. But the point that we're getting at begins in verse 20 where he says, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus himself being our cornerstone in whom the whole structure, the whole structure, the whole house, the whole membership of God comes together and is built upon there. 
where we find the source and the beginning of our community is in Jesus, our cornerstone. As Pastor mentioned last week, as, uh, this whole year we've been trying to make a push of teaching about our identity in Christ. That we find our identity in Christ to be people that are loved unconditionally by Him. So much so that the way He has shown His love is to, to give over all of Himself and everything He has for us. So we are people that are known as love. And we are people that are known as living. As people who have had a God that is raised from the dead for us. Who has come to give us life. And not just life, but life abundant. To leave us not just with, uh, with this uh, knowledge of love, but that love leading to eternal life. And life that is fuller now. Not just in the future. If this is our identity as a people, if this is our identity as a congregation, we all have the same foundation. And this is the foundation that we go from here talking about. This is the cornerstone that is on our lips and our tongue as we speak to others. Not any of that other stuff I had mentioned before. Because this is where we find strength. Strength for us to continue. Stability for us to know that our house will not collapse. That our life, our membership, is not in some sort of club, but in a faith faith that speaks of true love and true life. As Zach mentioned earlier, that the way this is expressed to one another is not in us checking our cards at the door, but is in loving one another. A thing that many of us, myself included, has struggled with. That we do look to those who came before us, and, and one of those being heady that we, we committed to yesterday, of how to love one another. Not out of selfish gain, but, but out of the reason that Jesus gives us in John 17. That when He prays for His future church, for the people that are to gather, that in the way that they love each other and in the way they are unified in Him, people look at it and say, how great is God. Look at the way they love one another. Look at the way they are united to one another. Yesterday in my sermon, I kept quoting a quote from Reinhold Niebuhr. No matter what we do, no matter how virtuous it is, we cannot do alone. Therefore, we must be saved by love. That is the high priestly prayer of John 17. That is the commandment that Paul gives us in Ephesians 3. 
That is the summation of the two greatest commandments that Jesus hands us. To not just love our God who has loved us so, but to find foundation in that love and loving one another. Where he demands that love be shown by sacrificing for somebody else. You see, every time we try to place other things as the way we define Christianity, define Lamb of God, or even define Lutheranism, we wind up leaving just that out. We wind up building it on law instead of grace. We wind up building on who's in or out instead of love. Instead of building it on Jesus Christ. Because when we find that our community is in Jesus, we find that we have a gospel-centered community that proclaims the death of Jesus as the way to salvation. Who proclaims to the poor, to the oppressed, to the wealthy, to the up, that Jesus is the way. And who looks at one another and loves each other. This is the value that our identity gives us. This is the way that our Lord has called us to move forward. And this is the way that every time somebody new is introduced into our life, we see a whole new side of us come alive. A side of us that always has Jesus in it. May we love each other in such a way. May we have our community founded on such a cornerstone that people can look and say, how great is their God. Amen. Amen.